Have you ever had to give yourself a pep talk just to walk into a car dealership? Or have you ever thought to yourself, I can't trust car salesmen. They don't have my best interests at heart. I'm here to debunk the myths and break the stigma. Welcome to Carman Conversations, the podcast. Welcome back to another edition of Carman Conversations, and this is a bit of a special one. It's a bit of a bonus episode with good friend and sales manager Xavier Teresi. So this week uh, I won't be doing my daily wrap. I'm heading over to Tangaluma with the Childranos for the uh, for the holidays, school holidays. So I'll put a bonus edition in place uh, and joined by Xavier. Welcome, Xavier. Thanks for having me. So uh, Xavier is one of our sales managers and long-standing Aspley Master employees and really been through it over a long period of time. So I thought it fitting um, a while ago to, to probably at some point have a conversation with you about how it all started, where it all began, um, and probably right back from the, from, from the very start to where we are today and then look at future goal and what's driven you, motivated you, influenced you and so on. But... As you know, before we start anything, we always start with dinner beverage, so uh, dinner and bev from last night, mate. <laughs> I know it's a good one, I've already heard it. Uh, I had fish and chips, um, and a dagwood dog. <laughs> bad. bad. Yeah. I'm on a health kick, as you can tell. Yeah, right, you're going well, mate. Yeah, you're looking at a million bucks. Yeah, a little bit of a million bucks. So, <laughs> probably go, well, let's dial right back to the very beginning. So, um... And, and I guess the reason for, for those listeners that, that don't know the background or the, the story, um, Xavier's been with us uh, how long now? Just over 10 years. Just over 10 years. Um, started as a sales trainee um, and now as the new car manager of, of Aspley Master. So it's been some journey um, and you've done a lot over that long period of time in different departments uh, and you've learned a lot um, about yourself and around about the business and growth and development and I guess master as a as a company, um, but also you've been able to be part of the journey that it is today from the transition from uh, Grand Prix to Grand Prix Aspley to Aspley Master too. So um, let's go back ten years ago when it all started. Uh, talk us through it. Yeah, well, um, I was in a position where I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and um, I had several jobs, um, some on the tools, some hospitality stuff working in a fish and chip shop. Surprise, surprise. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, it was actually um, my my best friend's mum and I was living with them at the time that sort of said, oh, mate, you need to pull your finger out and actually do something with your life because you're just going from job to job to job. And I'd done all sorts of stuff um, from belt splicing in the manufacturing conveyor belts to um, you know, part of an apprenticeship uh, in cabinet making like I said, to hospitality, working for the council for a bit, like just, yep. and had no idea, yep. no idea what I wanted to do and no direction. And um, there was there was a point there where um, I got, you know, the old um, kick up the bum from my best mate's mum, I, I call my mum as well. Um, and so I went and sought some help from, wanted to get back into an apprenticeship and I went and saw this very, very unhelpful lady um, who said, no, you're too old, <laughs> you're right. no one will take you on, you're an idiot, um, go do a traineeship in something, you know, and I did some research on the line and um, saw that you could do traineeships in sales and um, I just happened to know 
Daryl Johnson, who no longer works for us. Ex-employee, yep. Yeah. Um, he was here for a long t- period of time as well, um, who was uh, the dad of one of my mates going through school that worked here. And so I went and saw him and he tried to convince me not to. <laughs> he, Because um, there's a very high level e- e- expectation here and, you know, there can be some long hours involved. And, um, and uh, but I decided at that point that I was going to have a red hot crack. Um, and try and do something that, you know, would turn into a career. And so I got an interview and and then I started. Um, it was a little bit of a rocky start. Yeah, so tell us about your first, talk about your first couple of days and I, I suppose that first bit of the journey, what was that like? Uh, yeah, it was good. It, um, it was definitely an eye-opening experience and I felt very lost for the first um, few days, but I just sort of kept my head down and, and just tried to be polite and... I think it was I was probably maybe three or even four days in before I even introduced myself to you because um, there was I was there was a fair bit of intimidation there and no one no one no one had introduced me you know and I um, you know didn't think it was my place to to come up and and, and say hello and and I, there wasn't a lot of confidence back then yep um, you know and, and I had no direction and no want or drive or vision of anything you know so I really didn't know what I wanted to do in life and where I was heading you know so um, which is I think you know why I'm thankful of where I am today in this place because that you know it's um, we talk about it all the time in our in our morning meetings the sales team about you know this place will help you both personally and professionally but you know it's the proofs in the pudding and it's helped for me definitely very good so what part of that early days was it that you actually felt comfortable and you realised hang on this is for me I think I've found my calling and I feel comfortable now to to rip it up I think I was probably about six months in Um, there was a period actually there and I, I think we've spoken about this pretty openly but I think it was about three or four months in and I I tried to pull the pin. Yep. Um, I think also that you probably didn't see the the worth at that stage because I wasn't really applying myself. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember having a conversation with my uncle. I was trying to get him to get me a job down in Melbourne, and um, he actually he put it on me. Put put it right on my chin. He goes, "Why you actually want to you know quit from this place? You know, it's number one dealership and whatnot." And I said, "Oh, made up all these excuses." And he went all silent on the phone, and it and it hurt a bit, like it <laughs> hurt the pride a bit. And I could knew I knew he was disappointed in in um, that I was given up again. Yep. Um, so I stuck it out for just a little bit longer, and then yeah, probably about that six months ish, um, I decided that I was going to pull my finger out, and because it was hard. Then yeah, at yeah. The, those early days, they were, they were brutal. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of raw energy when it came to you know disciplines and um, procedures and and you know if you didn't do something right you knew about it like yeah you really knew about it yep um, but it sort of was what I needed you know it, it really pushed me to to go well you know what I'm gonna have a go okay you said that I'm not performing or I'm, I'm not giving it my all well you know what I'm gonna give it my all yep and I'm gonna read it read it crack and then that's when it started to get easier you know, the penny had dropped. Yeah, I remember and it like it was yesterday that um, there was a period there where you were just floundering. 
weren't really going in the right direction, didn't seem that interested, and I questioned the sales manager at the time, saying, does this guy actually even want to be here? And, um, and then I remember you coming to that point where you, you actually became engaged and you started to be that guy, that guy that wanted to be involved, that guy that wanted to ask a lot of questions and that guy that showed intent every day when you turned up, you know. And um, you just you mentioned something before about uh, how hard it was when it came to discipline and raw energy, etc. cetera. Um, 10 years later, um, have a look at it. It's, it was fantastic training and I know that things change and automotive changes and, and you know, business models change but you go back there now like uh, as raw as it was it was great training ground wasn't it yeah it's what I needed and I didn't have that from anywhere else you know it was just oh, yeah, whatever you know and there was no real um, push to, to to make you something or to get you to a point where you're actually engaged and if you yep. weren't engaged anywhere else they're just like yeah who cares yep. you know move on or we'll find somebody else but you know, this place really gets the best out of anybody that actually comes through here. Um, and it's still there. There's elements of that rawness and that 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 um, drive for discipline and, and excellence. Um, but, yeah, it's something that I really needed. Um, you know, now, ten years later, or nine and a half years later, <laughs> when I actually engaged, yep. um, you know, there's no stopping me. And, you know, I'm, I'm not looking back. I'm lo- only looking forward. Um but with really great, solid foundation of disciplines and um, morals and ethics and, and, and they align with the business really well, I think, I feel. Yep. Um, yeah, so it's, it's good. So six months in, you were selling cars. You started yep. to get a few runs on the board and then where yep. to from there? So I did that for a couple of years uh, in total. Um, and then I, I know from experience now that it was a very calculated move, but what felt like probably um, a bit of luck at that point, I tore my ACL um, and I was on crutches and you're like, I'm not having you in the showroom on crutches, limping around like a goose. Um, That's it. You're going down to deliveries and uh, spent like a week down there and it just so happened that the delivery manager at the time had to go on annual leave uh, for a few weeks and you... Um, said, you know, you've been doing a good job of doing what you're doing down in the delivery department. I want you to manage that team while the manager's away. Um, and then that was my first taste of the, I guess, management roles within the business. Yep, yep. Um, and I, at that point, I thought in my head, I'm going to make sure I do the absolute best of, to my ability to make sure I'm doing everything right, but also to try and help improve on that department um, with areas of potential weakness um, so that I can prove to Luke that I'm better than anybody in these positions. Good one. Yep. Um, You know, because at at that point I knew what I wanted. You know, I'd I'd seen the light, so to speak, and I I had a very clear vision of what I wanted in the future, you know, and, and and at that point, you know, there was no telling me otherwise I could see my my future very clearly and how I had to go about getting there um, and that was part of it you know that real sort of intent on okay I'm going to be doing this to the best that anybody's ever done it before yeah yep. and just rip it apart um, and so the delivery manager came back and uh, that was the first sort of restructure um, in that department in a little while where yep. you decided that you're going to keep me in that position yep um, and that, that person went into a different 
part of the business um, to have a different opportunity. Yep. So leading up to that point, and that included, what, what, were, you, what were your drivers? What motivated you? What was your, um, your key to that real drive and success and your daily motivation? Um, well, a lot of it was your leadership, um, a hell of a lot of it, you know, and um, I think that's a real testament as to how open you are with the team about um, what can drive success um, and what you can have if you put your head down and, and have a red hot yep. go at, at this industry. Yep. You know, and um, you know, I remember being at one point and from a financial point of view, you know, earning a fair bit more money than some of the people that I went to school with that had, that had um, gone and done degrees and stuff. And I'm yep. thinking, oh wow, you know. Um, so for me, it is a little bit a little bit financial, but also because that I want that that financial grounding to set up, you know, a future for, you know, my, my life and the people that are in my life, um, you know, from a support point point yep. of view. Yep. Um, you know, and I'm thinking very long term to, you know, how do I set myself up, you know, for for retirement, and how do I make sure that you know I'm not in a position where I have to rely on any sort of government incentives for support. I want to set myself up. You know, completely, um, and and my family. So probably at this point, this was a really key time for me, also, where I could start to see this maturity. I could see this from you, and you know, this guy's a bit more than that. He's a bit deeper. He's a thinker. He's a lateral thinker, and uh, obviously wants to have a career and be successful. And um, I liked your vision, where it was very, very um, proactive, a lot of forward thinking, and you were looking into goals over the next five-year term and ten-year term potentially of what you wanted. And you've always done that. Um, you did it in a really annoying way, actually, where you asked 75,000 questions, but that was what I, I suppose I enjoyed the most. Um, so it was at that point, you can see why now, looking back at it, that when you went into the delivery strategically, um, where your mindset was, you were still very, very young, but your mindset um, was of the area where you were ahead of your age. Um, and from a business point of view, that's what, what we needed. We needed those sort of people, young, driven and motivated, but there's a reason why they want to be better. So. You're in deliveries. How long were you there for? There were, I think I was there for about a year, um, and not. It wasn't part of my vision to to be in that position. You know, I always loved sales and yep. preferred sales and loved talking to people and, and whatnot. You know, from that. But it was a really good um, opportunity from an experience point of view because I learned things about processes and. Um, structures within the business and how to run things yep. behind the scenes, uh, which I really probably needed yep. at the time. Looking back on it, I remember thinking, "Oh God, I don't want to be down here. I want to be up <laughs> selling cars. Get me back into the showroom." It's all the energy was, yeah. Right? <laughs> and um, you know, you know, there's always that mental battle going on. You know, you don't, you don't want to be doing that that thing, but in the back of my head, there was always that. Um, well, you just need to prove yourself. So that you get an opportunity to go back into that that sales role, yep. you know, in a different position, you yep. know, and not just as not just as a salesperson, yep. um, which was that that driving force. But I think probably what um, has made me successful a lot is um, obviously there's a, there's a lot of it comes with from within, but but the fact that you're so open with your business and how it runs and um, with your team, like you just don't get that anywhere else, and. Ultimately, and it doesn't matter if it's automotive or it doesn't matter if it's whatever industry, um, a lot of people don't care. Yeah. And it's really rare to find someone that actually 
gives gives a damn about the people that are in the business yep. and, and wanting to help them succeed, you know, and, and not just professionally, personally as well. And you open your life up to, to everyone that's that's around you, you know, and um, we got, you know, we've got a, a saying for, or a, a nickname for you, which is Farlap. Farlap. <laughs> you know, the guy that just keeps on giving. The gift that keeps on giving, mate. That's it. Um, but it's true. You know, you're, you're super open, you're super transparent. Um, you show people how things work and what to do to be successful. And I think that was a really important part of that business then was uh, acknowledging those key points. But you, you can't be a person, and I think this is the advice I always give you, you can't be that guy that holds all the information but doesn't do anything with it. And you know, and it's an ego thing where you hold all that information and people have to come to you. Yeah. you know, imagine how much better you could be if you, you gave all that information to all these people and they grew and, they, and they've got a lot better and that's, that's what's happened, you know, you're a perfect example of that, hence why we're doing what we're doing today um, and where you're in, why you're in the position you are. But I, I think a big thing, and, and you take it away again from, from cars and put it to, to football hypothetically, is that, you know, as a coach, and you want your best 17 players out there, you've got to make sure that you've got to manage those 17 players, not just their football ability, but their outside affairs, you know? with where they're at, with uh, where their mindset's at, you know, are they driven, are they motivated, are they, do they, have they got the want, are they keeping fit, you know, where are they at, where, where do they, where's their vision? And I think that's what we've done really well and um, some people are really receptive to it and others are somewhat, they, they struggle a little bit because they don't know themselves. And I think um, over the years, and really you've seen it over the last decade, there's so many people that don't know, have their own purpose or their own direction, you know, and they're just hoping that it's gonna fall in front of them. You know, there's a silver bullet will come along one day and they go, oh, hang on, this is what I'm doing, rather than actually driving for something, you know. And, and I think I always go back to the same saying is you never know what's around the corner. You know, you've got to dress appropriately for it, you've got to be prepared for it, and you never know when you walk around that corner an opportunity might knock. And, uh, and I think to, to, be, to get an opportunity, you've got to put yourself in a position to be available for the opportunity. If you don't put yourself in a position to be available for it, it's never going to come, you know. And I think you've, you've done that um, over and over. And you got to the point where you've gone, you know, sales trainee, and then you've gone into a delivery department, and then you've moved on from there. So get back to your journey now. So you've come out, back out of deliveries, and what was the next journey, part of the journey? Uh, you, you put me up in, you said, it's time. I want you back in the sales department. Yep. Um, and behind the scenes, I'm doing these ones. So <laughs> get me back. Um, and you put me in like a floor manager role. Yep. At the time, we were we were seeking someone that um, was very process driven, which I had that experience back yep. from the delivery team, um, that could still actively sell, um, but also would help drive and make sure things were getting done to to the standards that you wanted them at. You yep. know, when it came to off the ball stuff, so you know, making sure that. You know, we had the right amount of loan cars and making sure that the cars are clean, making sure that, um, you know, the, the, the place was immaculate and making yep. sure that, you know, if something wasn't getting done the right, if it should be getting done, that there was someone there that would go, you know what, hey, mate, what are you doing? Yep. That's not, that's not yep. to the standard. Yep. You know? Um, so that was, that was a good sort of, I guess, environment to be in because you were really privy to all that high-level management stuff that we were talking about. Um, so I was learning, but I was still actively selling, which is what I love doing. Yep. Um, which was great because you know it was good from a um, a personal level because it it filled my cup. Yeah, it was a good period there. Mm. And then floor manager from there. 
Uh, from that point, um, we you got me starting to learn the stock control and fleet yep. um, roles, which I made sure, again, like you said, you've got to put yourself in a position yep. to, to, to have these opportunities. Correct. So I made sure when I was in that floor manager position, I was thinking the next steps and what, and this was instilled from, from you, you know, um, in terms of, di- um, I guess, what to look for and what to do and, 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 and things to learn, always be learning, always be asking questions. So I'd make sure that I knew everything when it came to stock control. I did my own sort of little bit of stock control, learnt sort of behind the scenes, yep. just on the computer, without anybody's help, just sort of hunting around yep. um, and looking around, sneakily. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but also, you know, fleet and really asking a lot of questions and, and trying to understand how that role worked. And then same, same thing happened. Um, there was an opportunity where that person had wanted to go on annual leave for, I think at that point it was four weeks. Yep. Um, so you really needed someone that knew what they were doing in that position. Um, and that was a very interesting position. So I remember I got in there and again, ripped it up, made sure that I was the best when you it did. came to yep. understanding things and, and picking up on things that maybe we weren't quite doing, um, not well, but that we could have done a little bit better. Um, and implementing a couple of areas or strategies in areas to, to make sure that you know we were getting the best through for, throughput from not only from a business perspective but also from a customer's perspective. So um, I remember we implemented something really early on in, in that role while I wasn't have doing that position full time. It was just um, instead of the, the person that was on annual leave. Um, and we used to have customers come in this is from a, like a fleet perspective, where they would meet salespeople and because that fleet role typically was a bit selfish, yep. um, and it has been, it still is in the, in the dealership world, um, these customers would come in and say, oh, I'm going through a ring server, I'm going through an SG fleet. They'd meet a retail salespeople person and they would just get no respect. Yeah. And they, um, and it, unfortunately, it, it did happen from time to time here as well. Um, not so much, um, but that was just the nature of, of the it beast. Was, yeah. you know? So we changed that straight away um, and we made sure that that fleet role no longer was a selfish role and it was, it was more supportive back through to the dealership and the salespeople that were actually doing the work, going for the test drives with the customers, narrowing down what cars they wanted, um, helping out when it came to a wish list of all the accessories they wanted and, and making sure that they were getting the right car f- that meets their needs. Um, we would make sure that that went through the retail sales team but was supported by the yep. fleet department. Um, and that changed things instantly. Yeah. And we ne- no longer had anybody, any customers come through and complain because they didn't get the respect that they deserved because they were a fleet customer. Yep. Um, you know, and, and like I said, not that we had a lot of it, but it was something that was clear, Look, you know, sitting in that role, that that was an issue and something that I had an issue with coming through as a salesperson that, you know, and I never once complained about having to do that, you know, test drives for the fleet team or whatever, um, but I knew it was a bugbear and I knew that not everybody saw things the way I saw things and that, you know, that that didn't have that long-term vision of, well, this will come back in the end, you know, yeah. as a, you know, a, a bit of, you do the right thing now and, and good things will come. Yep. Um, 
you know, because not everyone can see that way. They can't see, yep. you know, that, that long-term vision. Um, and so we understood that and we changed it straight away. So, but then um, that person came back from annual leave and I believe was pretty intimidated by the result that I was able to achieve in that position in that four weeks and I believe resigned at that point. Yeah, so, and, and again, this is the, the one thing. So it's a bit of a revelation for me. You look at a junior salesperson, then go into a sales, you spend a couple of years selling cars, you do spend some time with deliveries, you learn management, you learn understanding from the back end of the business. Then you're learning around stock control and fleet um, and you'd already had a bit of experience in fleet by playing around a little bit. So you look at that um, as a, I guess, um, a resume and it's pretty healthy, isn't it? You know, it's pretty healthy if that was coming across your desk but not knowing this person, you're looking at it and go, oh, you know, he's done, he's done, done everything. He's done a lot. So I think, and that was always my strategy, you know, to build you, to build you, to build you. And, and I guess from other people, it shows that, I look at it a couple of ways. Weakness is one of a complacency and people get set in their ways. People are happy doing enough, you know, and not really pushing any more than that. And then when other people come in, it's the fear of going on holidays, isn't it? You're always worried that someone's going to do a better job. And I used to love this back from a sales point of view is um, back, back in my day, um, you, I didn't want to take a day off. I didn't want to take a day off because you'd miss an opportunity. But I didn't want to take annual leave at the same time, you know, in case, you know, someone was to come in and, and take the momentum that I would have had. Um, you know, so it's funny that, you know, when you look at it from a further point of view, when people go on annual leave, a lot of people don't have that thought in their head of, oh, no, I wonder if someone's going to come in and do a far better job or I wonder if someone's going to come in and really take this to a new level. And this is where I guess it, sh- it showed complacency and our model has always been around that continually advertising and continually looking to bring the best people in for the, for the best possible position. And again, football analogy is that you want to pick your best 17 every week. You want to pick your best players, your best players in their old positions. And I think um, you just can't you just can't win that jersey and then have it for life. You've got to fight for it and you've, you've got to be prepared to be the best on ground. So I think that was a really good learning curve. And again, something that you put into your repertoire going, well, hang on a second, that goes for me as well. Because when I'm on leave, I've got to make sure that I'm tidy. No one's going to be able to replicate what I do or even come close to it or the other part of do a better job. You know, so uh, it was a really good period of time, and I think that gave you a lot of growth. So we moved from there. You, you spent some time uh, doing stock. I thought it was a great idea because you were doing stock. You were doing fleet. The stock was scary. It was. It was, it was big. It was to begin with. It I was remember, big. I remember having the, the first time I ever did a, a forward order. Um, so our, our our order for the pipeline. Um, and I think at that point, it was like 500 cars. Yeah. Um, or was, yeah, was pre, pre-COVID yeah, yeah. and it was healthy yep. and um, so this is for one month's worth of sales yep. and I'm already doing 500 cars and millions and millions of dollars worth yep. of stock and I remember coming in the office and it was the very first one I'd ever done by myself and I wanted I spoke to you and I said oh, look can I get your thoughts on the model mix just to make sure it's right and you said no no mate I trust you I'm going, what do you mean you trust me? There's like millions of dollars worth of stock. What do you mean? And I'm freaking out. You're like, mate, you've sold cars for a long enough period of time. You know what's good stock. You know what's not good stock. And you have a very good understanding of, of um, what the model mix needs to be. So you're right. I trust you. Just hit the button. I'm going, oh God, what have I done? <laughs> um, but it was good. It was good. Put me outside, well and truly outside of my comfort zone. Well, I think that's it. When you when you're getting trained in a certain way, and the trainer has the uh, complete most respect and, and, and trust in you, um, you've been trained well, 
and it was the same model. And I think that was the important thing going back about transparency around that business. And what you said earlier about being very open, very, very transparent in the way you do it. And I think from that that point, it was always around, this is what we need to do, this is what we're trying to achieve, this is the stock level we have, this is how you go about doing it. Um, and you gotta, you got to speculate to accumulate, and sometimes you've got to have a go, you know? So I think that was almost, always my admiration, is that you'd done the hard yards and you, you understood why you were doing it. And it felt nervous because you're spending millions of dollars. Um, but you've got to back your own ability, you know? And I think that was it been our model the whole time. So you spent quite a bit of time in, in fleet and um, and stock control, and then where to from there? Yeah, I think it was about close, to, pretty close to three years in yep. that, that dual role. Yep. Um, and then we started to, that that role was interesting, you know, because you sort of spend all your time sitting in the desk behind a computer yep, yep. and you don't really have much interaction with much of the sales team. Yep. Or even the customers that are coming through the door, you know. So it's all phone and email, you know. So it did feel a little bit segregated um, at times. Um, so that was a real mental challenge to make sure that, you know, I wasn't, you know, getting into a negative space just through not being around people. Yep. Uh, but you helped me through that, as you always do. Um, and then at that point, you asked. I believe we were running um, our sales manager at the time, and we had two sales managers at one point, and one of them left. Um, so you got me out onto what we call the hub, yep. which I'm sure you've all heard about um, yep. in previous podcasts. Any of these, yep. Yep. Um, to assist the sales manager at the time, um, and I was doing fleet and stock control from the middle of the showroom, yep. uh, which was interesting, very interesting, because you know there was two roles there. Yeah. Um, so that there wasn't a lot of spare time or downtime. Yep. Um, so to put me out in the middle of like the busy showroom, you know, it was daunting because again, I hadn't spent a lot of time for about yep. three years out talking to people or anything like that. You know, so you sort of you lose a little bit of momentum when it comes to how to deal with customers and making sure you're doing the right thing, but also how to manage your day so that you can have time to talk to customers and then also get everything done. You know? Yeah. So. Um, that was a big experience or big learning curve when it came to managing your time, managing people and and, um, and making sure that, you know, you didn't get overwhelmed with how much you had going on, yep. you know, and I, I think about, I, I've always thought about, you know, the roles that I've done and then you look back at the opportunities that you had previously and you go, Geez, that was easy. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine how you feel. Yep. You know, being in your position, going on. You know, geez, I wish I could just be the sales manager. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that'd yep. be easy. Yep. Um, Often. You know, so you think about that, and you get overwhelmed a little bit, and you go, you know what? You look back at this in in ten years' time or five years' time, and go, geez, that was a piece of cake. Yeah. Compared to what I'm doing now, you know. So you, that's always helped to drive me past those periods of yep. of. Um, of un- uneasiness and, and uncomfortability in, in those positions, you know, so, but that was good. Um, and then it was pretty quickly after that point that um, there was a fair bit of pressure put on us at the hub to, to get some results that you thought were achievable, Yep. which definitely were, Yep. because uh, we've proven that at, um, now. Yep. Um, and I believe that pressure was too much for the sales manager at that point in time. Yep. Um, so you ended up moving on and uh, it was that same evening that you came and asked me if I wanted the 
the opportunity to be the sales manager and there was no hesitation, it was just yep. a handshake, yep, let's do it. Um, and immediately we started training um, Jack, uh, who was now the assistant sales manager for that fleet and stock control role. Yep. Um, and it's been, I think it's been a, almost two years now. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while and it's been a, and it's been a journey. Yeah. Um, and I think, and especially listening to the story over again, you look at the experience that you've got over the years, you know, from different, and no one can look at you and go, okay, well, you've never done it. You've done it all. You know, you've really done every department. The only thing that's really missing has been a bit of finance in there, you know, but you, you, it's part of what you do every day. And I think we go back to about putting yourself in the right position, making yourself um, be that guy that's ready for any opportunity and the guy that always has put his hand up to want to run the ball or that guy that really wants to have a crack at the opportunity. And I think that's what's really stood out the most, and that's probably why you've got been given opportunity after opportunity. And um, and you know, I, I know you've asked me personally a lot of times over the years, why me? Why me? Why me? Why me? Why have you got me in this area? And, and this is it, you know. And this is the reason why. And I was I was always up there to tell you that is because you've got to be that person that that wants to be available, and that guy that wants to give anything a crack. Also, that same guy that asks a lot of questions about why. Why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? What are we trying to achieve out of this? Okay, so how do we do this? So what are your plans with this? And and I think that was been a big period for you, um, too, with with all those questions and understanding of it. So, um, and ten years is a long time. It's a long time, you know. And you've done the yards, and obviously that's why the trust is there, and that's why the expectation is there from me, for you to get that result because you know what what it's been. So with that, over ten years of service, what have you seen change the most over the last ten years? Definitely the premises. Um, <laughs> we used to work out of uh, a pretty um, well compared to what we had. I'm sure you know, as far as dealership standards go, it was still nice, but you know, pretty, um, I guess, lacking environment when it came to you know the, the premises. Um, yep. But yeah, a lot of a lot of people coming and going. Um, I think I've been fortunate enough to to see. A lot of people that go want to come back. Yep. Um, in that really early period, so understanding that this is a pl- good place to be. Yep. Um, but we still have that a lot of people that that um, have been here for a long, long period of time. You know, I think about um, you know for like twenty years, and mm. you know, it's been a, lot, been a lot here. Been here for a long, long time. Close to thirty years. Yep. Um, you know, and, and and a lot of people, you know, gave it thirteen years now, and. Um, so yes, there's, there's been a lot of people that have been here for a long period of time, you know. So, um, but yeah, probably the biggest change I think is a lot in, in terms of mindset um, of the way that you run your business. Um, in those early days, it was very like super raw um, and real aggressive, you know, approach to, to making sure that we were getting results and now it's a little bit more. Um, Refined is the word I like to use. Refined, mate. <laughs> yeah, we can use refined. <laughs> um, and I think we, as a collective, understand how things should work a lot better, you know. And you don't not, don't necessarily need need as much raw um, aggression when it comes to training yeah. people yeah. because people understand what Correct. the expectations are, um, and there's no hiding that, and there's no um, you know, you, you're very transparent when it comes to expectation of yep. what we're trying to achieve and that vision. Yeah. You know, so it's not it's not like you don't know where you stand. You know where you stand. Yeah. Um, 
but the way we go about it is definitely more refined, you know. So we understand the processes, we um, we understand Mazda and what their expectations are of us, and we understand the training that we have to do, and, and we're all over it a bit. Yep. Um, so probably that mindset has changed. It yeah, I would agree. Probably the most. What's um, your um? What's your favourite part of the day? Seeing you. <laughs> apart from apart from seeing me. Uh, favourite part of the day. I think for me the, the favourite part it'd have to be the meeting yep um, you know there's a fair bit of banter and stuff that comes from from that meeting yep um, a fair bit of laughter but also a fair, still a fair bit of raw um, content um, when it comes to what we're trying to achieve um, and it's something that I really struggled with um over the years, you know, from the early days of, of being in the meeting and, and sort of getting delivered some of that raw content, you're like, wow, like that's full on, you know, um, to being on the other side of things and, and delivering that content. Yeah. Um, and that when I first started to, to be, I guess, or had the expectation of, of, okay, well, now you need to start delivering some inspiration for the team, I really struggled with it, you know, because especially being in that that fleet and and stock control role I was managing myself yeah you know and I it was easy to manage myself because I knew what I wanted and yeah. I knew what I wanted to try and achieve yeah. you know but to try and get that out of 25 other people that's really tough yeah um, and try and get them motivated and, and try and get in and a lot of them are self-motivated um, but some of them aren't you know and, and they need that guidance and that help which is what I needed when yep. I first started yep um and that, that's a tough gig, you know, to, to try and deliver that energy every single day, you know. So um, I enjoy it the most because it's the most challenging for it's me. It's the most challenging and it's the most rewarding at the same yeah. time. And it's pretty interesting. And you can set a lot up in that first hour of the day and not need to be um, around to get up to speed where everyone's at. You know what I mean? And I think that's the most important part is reading that, the body language and getting a, a good understanding of people where people's minds are at. And that really changes your whole aspect of the day because where you can come in being the ball of energy, you don't know what the other 25 personalities are going to be like and what's going on. And that can al almost change your plan of, of attack that you might have for that day. Mm -hmm. You know, with a, a quick crisis meeting or a quick change of strategy or a change of, hang on, we need to put some attention here. So that needs to park for five minutes, you know. So... Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that. And to me, my, that's probably mine too, is, is the favourite part. And hence why I still make it... Every single day. Every day I find it really important to be part of it because um, I know how much it means to others and it means a lot to me and, and people get that understanding that, hang on, this is real. Uh, and it's, and it's, um, it's real personal and professional time for them for growth and good understanding. It's interesting too, like, I, I think, you know, you, you don't realise how much influence you have over people. Yeah. Um, and I've never never thought of myself as a highly influential person, um, but the, you know they, they they are influenced by yeah. you and your your actions and your words and even your demeanour and massively. You can't. It doesn't matter what's happening outside of work. Yep. You can't come into this this forum in this meeting at the start of the day to kickstart everybody's, I guess, motivation. Um, you can't come in flat. No. Doesn't matter what's happening. No, we forget, or you can't forget, this is where you've got to be mindful that you're on show and you're a role model to a lot of the people that have come on board. And whether it be new, juniors, people that have been there a long time, their respect's there, people look up to you, you know, and people see that and they mirror the way you are. 
they mirror your speed, your pace, your energy, um, you know, and your actions as well. So it's it's very very important that you're on you're on show, you're on show. Now on that, probably over the last to ten years, there's been some pretty big achievements, really big achievements. What's been your best, or to you the most? Uh, the best achievement that you've got uh, or had over the last 10 years? Well, being part of the master dealer that, yep. that we win as a, as a dealership is is a, is a privilege. Yep. Um, you know, when we went to the single site and we made number one Mazda dealership in terms of um, sales of volume uh, overall, single site for the uh, for all of Australia, that was, a, that was a pretty cool accolade to be a part of. Yep. Um, you know, there, there's been some, there's been some great, you know, master member awards that you get through Mazda Australia, um, and some pretty, I guess, awesome. Uh, well, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess um, there's some great stuff that goes along with that. You know, you get to fly down to Melbourne and and, and be a part of a, a an evening on awards night or yep. some sort of black tie event. You know, which is which is pretty cool and something that, you know, prior to being part of Astley Mazda, I was, I never thought I would be yeah, part yeah, of, yeah. Um, you know, um, so that's awesome. But there's probably two, there's two accolades that I've received in all of my 10 years of being here that probably mean the most to me. Um, one was, we had a, it was the first one. Um, I think at this point it was probably two years in. This is just before I went down into that delivery role. Yep. And we were having our work Christmas party. Yep. And we're at the Asian restaurant. Yes. Yep. On the road. Yep. I can't remember what's the name of it. New Canton. New Canton. Yep. <laughs> it was such a dodgy, dingy place. Uh, but the food was good. Um, reminds me of something else that we've <laughs> discovered recently in Melbourne. Um, but you stood in front of everybody that was a, that was there, and you um, you said um, of how proud of how far I'd come in the last twelve months. Yep. Um, and that you really see that I would be someone that would hold a very high position in terms of management within the dealership long term. Yep. And there's there's um, there's no reason why in years and years to come I couldn't be potentially. Um, at your level. Yep. And that was a massive, massive pat on the back and a very big accolade and something that meant, meant a lot to me personally because that is where I saw my vision heading. Yep. Um, so to sit, to know that I was on the right path was was awesome. Um, you did paint a massive target on my back though, um, but that was also That's what a, comes with it, mate. Uh, also a learning experience as to how to take some constructive criticism. Yep. Second one, Dave. Yep, the second one was the one that we just had um, at our Christmas party last year. We had a barbecue out the back and you gave out a few awards. Um, and I got the best and fairest for the dealership. You did. So it's the first awards under the Astley Master, the banner. And um, and yeah, it was it was an easy one for me and it was, must be a proud one for you. So Very proud. And very well deserved. Now, what's the, you've been here a long time. What's the funniest thing you've seen over the last 10 years? Oh. Apart from every day or something. <laughs> what's one that stands out? Uh, there was a day that it was a, it was a public holiday. There was nothing going on. And everyone was bored. And we'd done all our follow-ups. We'd called our, all our customers. 
um, giving them ETAs on cars and everything like that. And we had a fleet manager at the time, this is before I came into fleet, uh, who was big talking himself about how he used to play footy and how he was really strong and all that sort of stuff. And um, you mentioned that, you know, why don't you... Run at each other. Run, well, you said run it straight at me. He's like, nah, nah. No, I wouldn't run at you, Luke, but Xavier. Yeah, I'd run at Xavier. And, uh, and he goes, all right, I'll put your money where your mouth is. And so we lined up at each other. We ran it straight, and I, I, I heard him real bad. I can still hear it. I yeah. can still hear it. <laughs> I felt so bad, but it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. There's this 120 kilo man just yeah, skipping across the show floor. Glasses, glasses off one yeah. end. He's then big. he's holding his knee. Big. We had the salesman at the time, like hiding in the corner. Well, he finished up not long after it, didn't yeah, he? Two weeks yeah. later. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I got the fleet manager. Clearly, no. clearly couldn't take a hit. Well, clearly before that. And uh, yeah. just finally, where to from here? Where do you see yourself? And what is it that you want? Uh, well, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here to stay. Um, I've made my intentions very, very clear to you in terms of what I want long term. Um, but yeah, I would like to be running this business one day. Yep, outstanding. Yeah, outstanding. And just to finish off, have you got any questions for me? Um, how quickly do you see me doing that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good, mate. Yeah. Very good. You can see why Xavier's been a uh, big part of uh, Aspley Master for a decade. And uh, I can't, it's probably the story closest to mine where you start at the bottom and you've done every department, you've worked your way through. So keep doing what you're doing, mate. Don't change one little bit. Um, apart from maybe being a bit more energetic when you talk. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> don't change one little bit. Your work ethic has got you to where you are today. And, um, and again, you've always been an opportunist when it came to, to, to looking for roles and and wanting to be there and put yourself in the right position. If you keep doing it, you'll find yourself there one day. So thanks for joining us on Car Man Conversations. It's been an absolute treat and it's been a great decade personally and professionally with you. I've loved to see every minute of your growth and I look forward to doing the next 10 with you. So thanks very much. Thanks for having me. If you want to hear more about Car Man Conversations and follow the journey, or if you've got any questions, you can DM me directly. Just follow the links in the description below. That's all for today's episode of Car Man Conversations. Thanks for listening. If you're keen to learn more about today's topics, or if you have any questions, head over to my Instagram, LDC underscore zero one, or follow along at Astley.master. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to us on your favourite podcast provider by searching Car Man Conversations. And please, if you love what you're hearing, don't forget to leave us a great review.